0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for today's episode of Activist Lawyer. I'm Sarah Henry and I'm joined by Jack McClelland. Hello, everyone. (laughs) So, today we are delighted to have Hannah Campbell and Kristen Wallace from Stop Street Harassment NI. And um, this is our, our first guests of the series, so yep. uh, thank you both of you for joining us. Uh, we're a bit rusty, but hopefully today I'll go okay. Just, um, we'll give our listeners a little bit of a background into Stop Street Harassment NI, which is a non-profit organisation founded by Hannah and Kristen in August 2020 after living in the Netherlands, where public street harassment is a criminal offence. The campaign aims to raise awareness on street harassment in Northern Ireland, educating people on its causes and effects, as well as lobbying local councils and politicians to take official action. One year on, or more now, um, the organisation continues to tackle the issue of street harassment in Northern Ireland and have recently expanded the team to ensure these issues are addressed and changes are made in our society. So thank you for joining us. Welcome to Activist Lawyer, Hannah and Kristen.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you so much
0: for having us today. Not at all. I know you have a a very busy schedule, and particularly at the moment, things are Mm -hmm. getting busy around the area that you're working in. But just before we get into the core of your work and what the organisation does, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how you met, how you started up uh, Stop Street Harassment NI. Yeah,
1: myself and Kristen, we've actually known each other for most of our lives. Um, We're both from Derry. We actually went to the same nursery school, the same primary school, the same secondary school, and then did the same degree, did law at Queens together. But we weren't really friends until we kind of did the Queens degree together, which is so fun I know because we're so close. Yeah. But um, kind of at law of Queens, actually, where things kind of began. Um, we decided to do an Erasmus placement in Maastricht University in the Netherlands. Um, and whilst we were there, we were studying kind of criminal law and we were assigned an essay on criminalizing street harassment. Um, and at the start, we were a bit like, this is just something that's just so new to us. And when we sat down and started to do the readings, we kind of were saying to each other, this stuff is so true. Like, mm. we've actually never really thought of it like this. And it was just something that was so new and so different to us, and really, really made us think. Um much so that when we came home from Erasmus we were still kind of talking about it and we were talking about street harassment with our family and friends and within them circles and we were kind of just saying like did you, you, were you, have you thought about it this way and um, it was just so many things we hadn't really thought of Um, especially kind of a lot of stuff like we had always really accepted street harassment as something that was kind of normal and we'd never really thought of it as being harassment. Um, so really we wanted to kind of we spoke about it and we thought why don't we start up an instagram page and why don't we put out this information and kind of see how we get on um and really that's where it began so we started the started the instagram campaign in september of 2020 um and it really just grew from there
2: yeah so obviously for our listeners what you're speaking about uh straight harassment and people here maybe aren't aware or of what it really is so could you explain what is categorized as street harassment and the impact that it has on people as well
1: yeah absolutely and it's just important to say as well that street harassment has been around since the beginning of time really and it was just until we went on our last that we actually knew the phrase and Mm. i know like it has been it's been enriched in activism in northern ireland even since before we had even heard the term but it wasn't until we went away that we actually knew what it was. But sure. uh, street harassment can be defined as unwanted interactions in public spaces. Um, and that term that we would have studied in the Netherlands came from Polly Perl, who did stop street harassment. She's the original founder of that based in America. Um, and that really ranges from leering, stalking, catcalling, all the way up to more extreme forms of sexual assault. Um, and that's what it would really be coined as and what we would know it as today.
0: Mm-hmm. God it's interesting there I'm just thinking of (laughs) back to myself but I was in Bologna in Italy for Erasmus and it's something you know we saw all the time a group of Irish girls together over studying and like you I mean we didn't we just thought it was normal we never would have you know thought of doing anything about it but it's great to see now that you know like that was assigned to you as an essay or a piece to work on and that really got you thinking about what you can do practically and look look where you've, you've come now you know trying to make real change around this issue and I suppose it's at a really crucial time and um, we'll talk about this a little bit more but you've categorized street harassment there I mean catcalling all of that stalking is a really serious form of street harassment of course and just today before you you joined us we were reading about um, the progression of the stalking bill here in North in ireland so i mean is today an important day in terms of your campaign or how does that interject with your work
1: definitely because stockholm is be seen as one of the more extreme forms of street crossing um we're delighted to see this legislation coming in and i think any kind of step forward is brilliant to see and any step forward to step in the right direction mm-hmm. yeah i think as well just to add there it's it's a triumph for anyone who's been affected with those kind of things, like in terms of women and minority groups, who would be classed by the people who are predominantly affected by street harassment. It is a triumph for them because it does fall under that bracket and it has been criminalised today. So I think especially for myself and Hannah, coming from that legal background as well, we mm-hmm. are just
0: delighted that it's today no it's really good news and i suppose it's been lobbied for for what maybe decades here so we can see how these things um take a really long time to come through but i suppose it's a real relief that we can see things going in the right direction and we know that the strategy and violence against women um, you know the co- consultation is is out for on that as well as we speak but then you see the kind of reverse where i think pretty patel recently announced that misogyny will never be a hate crime so mm-hmm. on one hand you know we do see progression but really you know are people taking this seriously you know and i suppose it's about working with groups and organizations like yeah, yourself to get that message across and thank
2: god that the collapse of the executive didn't stop it from yeah go- going through right. which is a, a good point but mm-hmm. obviously we've seen from your social media uh, posts and stuff that you've been working with local councils and campaigns and raising awareness and working with local political representatives so Working with the councils and the political representatives, what do you hope to achieve as a as a organisation as a whole?
1: Our main thing really is consciousness raising and making these conversations unavoidable mm-hmm. in Northern Irish society. And um, so lobbying is a really big part of that. Um, really, politicians and local councils really have the power and the resources to make these changes in our society. So it is a big part of our campaign really lobbying them and having these conversations yeah. about street crafts and, and really putting it on their agenda. Um but on the other side of that too, it's also really important to us now that COVID's left looking to work for the community. So mm-hmm. kind of our two main things is the lobbying and the kind of education within the community approach. So both same things together um we really think are is the best way to kind of achieve these yeah.
0: things. And I suppose without a legislative format it's hard to you well you, you can't criminalize anybody's actions so um, raising awareness is one thing, but yeah, I suppose you're working with the right people to try and make sure that it becomes, you know, that affirmative action is taken to stop this. You might, I don't know whether you heard this or anybody listens, but we had a really insightful episode. Um, you might have seen that we recorded a really insightful episode with Dr Louise Crowley. She is the senior family law lecturer and solicitor with the University College Cork last year. So in that conversation, we focused really on education and the bystander intervention program, which you might be aware aware of but the conversation led around to I mean the culture and language and really starting from from that when it comes to education and you know we know about the myths around rape culture and um, the awful violence against women often resulting in murder which is horrendous but the type of um, issues that you're trying to highlight you know the catcalling and all of that I mean Does that contribute, well, it does, evidence shows that it does, to the wider issue of sexual harassment and violence? And how important is it for your organisation and and everybody collectively to tackle those issues, you know, as part of feeding into that that wider debate around sexual violence and harassment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, First of all, you mentioned the bystander effect, um, which is just crucial to what we would champion for in terms of that everyone needs to recognise what it is first you You'd see a lot of situations where people just don't understand that that is actually harassment Mm -hmm. and they just let it go and those kind of behaviours just do, just are normalised in our society Um, and if we do take a look at the sexual assault pyramid street street harassment would be at the bottom of that Mm -hmm. and then as you go up you'll see more extreme forms of sexual assault Um, and we would really just echo that you have to tackle the lower form mm-hmm. in case it does then escalate to the top and I think that's a really important point to, to consider as well when we are trying to de- de- myth these, uh, sorry debunk these myths because it's just been completely ingrained in our society for decades. Yeah. What we're trying to completely erase history in the sense that we have all been taught that this is a normal behavior in our society so we really have to undo that and tell people, you know what, you know, this is harassment, um, and it won't be allowed anymore in our society.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess um, if you tackle those, I mean, catcalling, you know, you've given other examples there, that's the one I keep referring back to. I mean, the, the damage that that has, I suppose, on victims or people who are recipients of that type of behaviour wouldn't be widely known I guess and that's why it becomes normalised you know that this is just something that, that you have to have to live with essentially. How do we really eradicate or you know um, kind of debunk those myths or you know the, the whole victim blaming well you know it's what you're wearing you're obviously attracting attention and and all of that I mean we still it seems like we still have a long way to go where does that education start do you think it starts very young or is there a sense that it should be you know further up maybe secondary third level education how important is it to you know start that education piece and also how important is it to be a bystander I know you said it's a very important part of your work but how do we equip people to be a bystander to call this out to stand up for people because people would very often be afraid to intervene and kind of ignore it or not want to you know what ways have people been calling this out or is there anything that you can recommend? Definitely
1: there is no like short term quick fix really for this it's going to be a really long um, long term kind of solution that we need to have in place but it definitely Education is definitely the way to do that. Um, There needs to be definitely appropriate RSE education in schools, um, probably in the longer term. But in the shorter term, even maybe at that secondary level, having these kind of educational training sessions on like street craftsmen and things like this, and bystander training, Um, that is so important. And really just having these conversations yeah. and making them comfortable conversations to have, like making them normal conversations to have. I think like, we've both thought about it a lot. In terms of how do we really reach people and how do we really understand the issue? And I think a lot is to do with changing mindset as well. And for both male and females, for males particularly, they need to understand that it is an issue and it it is their issue, even though it's not them being directly affected. And then for the female, it's knowing that they don't have to feel guilty that they are the ones being harassed. It's not their fault. And really changing their mindset to be confident to call it out and not accept it. So I think mindset
0: really plays into it as well yeah and making men I suppose allies to this and bringing them into the conversation because very often when people highlight these issues on social media for example I'm sure you've seen it the hashtag is normally something like not all men which we've seen time and time again so really to bring people on board um, you know, is it important for you to focus on your messaging that you're not, you know, isolating various sectors of the community and that you're encouraging, you know, everybody to get involved in that debate. How important is is messaging around that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Because everybody does need to be involved in this conversation if we really do want to make a change. Um, so it's so it's crucial that everyone is involved and everyone feels comfortable being involved as well and included in the conversation. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and I think when you when you see those things online and you see people posting about educating men and stuff, I think it is very easy for as a man to come out and the first reaction is to say not all men because mm-hmm. you feel like you have to defend yourself. But it is a conversation. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not a a blame game. It's a conversation that everyone needs to be involved yeah. in. And I think coming from an all boy secondary school. And I think I find that with all schools in Northern Mm. Ireland, those awkward, as seen as awkward conversations, just aren't spoken about. And I think teachers or the syllabus are afraid to talk about Mm -hmm. sex or harassment because it's seen as awkward. But I think it's so important, especially for me. Mm. It was never spoken about in school. And I think it would be so important to speak about it there because then boys are going on to university. And if it's just seen as a normal thing to speak about, it would be easier for someone to come... And call out maybe Mm. a bad action of catcalling or harassment done a night out in university. So if it's seen as a normal thing to speak about, Uh it's so much easier to be an ally or a bystander and to and to stop forms of harassment. Mm
0: -hmm. Which is probably yeah, and it's great to see your you've such a strong presence online. I'm sure that reaches out to younger people too. Yeah, social media is a
1: great way of reaching out to people, but there is that kind of you're reaching quite a limited demographic yeah, um true. so kind of a lot of our focus now moving forward would be trying to reach community groups and working within communities as opposed to okay. um really reaching i suppose quite an narrow dem- demographic mm-hmm. in social media but social media is such a powerful tool and that's really how our campaign really got off the ground mm-hmm. um so it's great yeah it, it is with, but I, as you say jack i think there is a disconnect to among males i think what you said is absolutely spot on it's so hard to really get across to males without making them feel like they are the target. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a real defence mechanism that kicks in as soon as you're placed in the same category as those very few males who are uh, violent against women and girls and I think it, it's just trying to let them know that although it is not all men, like all men do have to be a part of that conversation in order to find a solution yeah. um, and hopefully i will get closer to that stage and it won't be as awkward as what it is because I do think a lot of males just try and stay away from it because they don't even want to be placed in the same conversation
0: That's a really great way to to, to phrase it and I guess when you see the, do you remember in certain universities they introduced the mandatory consent classes and there was a huge reaction to that particularly from men and boys who did not want to take part in that because they felt that they were going to be targeted and and victimised in there but I suppose it's about looking at the statistics which are the statistics and the the facts speak for themselves but as you say really making huge efforts to Be hands-on and reach out to different communities and bring people into the conversation, which I'm sure is is not easy. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you've got a big job on your hands, but at the same time, I mean, your messaging has gone, you know, very far already, and it's good timing. I think with everything moving forward and progressing around other areas where they're trying to combat and tackle violence against women and girls, so it's great. How do you both uh, combine this? Because you're a student, Hannah. Well, you're studying your masters, and Kristen, you're working. Mm -hmm. Where do you get time to, to focus on your work with um, Stop Street Harassment?
1: I know we always make a joke that we have such a dysfunctional kind of friendship because <laughs> it's just
0: a of like, we'll have all our personal
1: stuff and then it just switches to the really serious yeah. talk of, okay, right, what we have to do this, this is on the agenda and we have to get through this. Uh-huh. But I suppose um, we just have a passion of trying to raise awareness on this issue in Northern Ireland. So, I mean, we don't, we don't mind devoting our time and I mean it's among the amazing other activists in Northern Ireland as well who devote all of their time and I feel like we all just band together and try and make it work. But yeah, it, it is funny because we do have that kind of strange friendship of putting work, work <laughs> yeah. together. Definitely and people are usually surprised as well that it isn't our full-time job, like we do this on top of um our full-time commitments and our other team members do it on top of their full-time commitments, that. Definitely, we brought on the team members in October, and that has definitely that has helped so so much. Like I don't think we could, we can't even describe how helpful it's been to have more people involved in the team and people with so many different skills that me and Christy don't have. So that has Brilliant. definitely made things a lot better. That is since fantastic. then I don't know how we cope before, yeah.
0: you know. But that's great. We saw that actually. You were yeah, mentioning to me that you were media. you were looking for um a, a, some, someone to join your team. That's fantastic. Well you're both lawyers and you're both activists very clearly. So obviously the perfect candidates for our our We podcast. But just um how important, I guess, is activism? You you've kind of touched on how you are activists, but how important is it to you and how can we use the law as a tool for activism. We ask all of our guests this. Um, Hannah, how do you do you see it?
1: Well the law is such well the us especially being lawyers, the law is such a powerful tool. It really it does really tell the society what's right and what's wrong. So it is such a powerful tool to have. And um, of course there's downfalls in the law too, especially when we're looking at um sometimes how people feel engaging with the criminal justice system, especially women in marginalised communities. Um, so there's signs out, for files too. There's like a lot of work to do, but um, the law is huge, and activism is a huge part of it too. Um, and it's fit really, really well together.
0: Absolutely, and Kristen.
1: Yeah, what I love about activism and law is that where there are gaps in the law, that's really where activism kicks off. You really see that there's nothing like grassroots activism these days. Mm-hmm. There really isn't. I mean, it's, it really is power to the people in the sense that it's just people devoting their time to raising awareness and lobbying and campaigning for things that just sometimes the law can't really see and I think there is just something so powerful about that and it it does change a lot and especially now that we have the platforms such as social media I mean you can't go too far wrong in trying to get your message out there Absolutely. so yeah I think, I think both hand in hand really are, are very very important
0: Hand in hand. So you've got your campaigns, you're raising awareness, you're reaching out, I suppose, making different um, networks and partnerships with really important people like the Minister for do- Naomi Long as well. I know you've met with her already. What's What lies ahead for Stop Street Harassment NI for the next 12 months um, in terms of events or plans or what do you, you hope to achieve? We've
1: got a few months coming up at the minute. Um, coming up to International Women's Day, we have a rally planned in Derry with um, our amazing friends over at Alliance for Choice, Derry. Um, so we're really, really looking forward to that. That's going to set the right. mark, and that will be in Derry. Um if anyone listening is free, everyone's more than welcome to join. Yeah, um, that. so that's like that is like a big thing coming up at the minute. And then we actually have a short documentary coming out as well. Um, in the first week of April, which is Anti Street Harassment Week, that runs from the third to the ninth of April. So we have a short documentary coming out that we've been working on for months now um, with lots of amazing volunteers who came forward to talk about their own experience with streetcrafting and then also loads of great organisations such as the Rainbow Project and Reclaim the Night, they're all on the chat about Street streetcrafting as well so we're That's busy awesome. working on that but it's probably our biggest thing at the moment
0: amazing so exciting and great organizations and people that you're working with as well we're really excited to it follow just your one work big
2: community isn't it is yeah everyone working together it
0: is and that's great that you've mentioned international women's day and then the anti-street harassment week perfect we will certainly look forward to seeing what what you're up to and um if there's anything we can do to share your work or focus on it please let us know um Thank it's, you. it's been great chatting to both of you today and uh, we look forward hopefully have you back on to see how you're getting on. And we hope to see really great progress around your work. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you
0: so much. This podcast was recorded in
2: Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast, but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granatepodcaststudio.com.